The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Mom Hour. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. That feels momentous to me, doesn't it? It does. 20. Yeah. Um, I'm Megan Francis here as always with my good friend, Sarah Powers. And today we're going to be talking about something that as we're easing back into the school year is being a lifesaver around here. And that's the idea of mom routines and just routines in general, making your life easier. Um, I think the official title is that we you know, kind of title the show is a happier mom life through routines or something like that. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Before we get to the main topic, I'm going to turn it over to Sarah for a few minutes and we, and she's going to introduce like our regular segment and that kind of our highly irregular, our highly highly irregular, irregular regular segments. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes we like to share a product or a website or a service that's making our lives easier as moms. And we don't do this every week, but we've gotten a lot of feedback that you guys like it when we do. We'll always let you know when these things are sponsored. Usually they're not. So they're usually just things that we're using and doing in our real lives that we, you know, those types of things that you think, ah, I just wish everybody knew about this. So ours are totally different today as I, as usual, they're kind of always random, but you, um, have something that's making your life better as a mom. What is it? It is. Okay. So I feel so, oh, cliche about this. (laughs) And also I can't say it's making my life easier, but right now I'm loving it. I am addicted to LaCroix water. I don't think you're the only one. I feel like this no, is No, that's like, why I said I'm a cliche. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't be more basic if I tried. So I'm currently actually sipping on blackberry cucumber LaCroix, Ooh. which I got at Target. Target has a completely different um, set of flavors. So here's the okay. thing with LaCroix. It's just sparkling water. That's it. There's no, ca- there's no sugar. Okay. There's no artificial sweetener. There's not even really... I mean, it is flavored, but it's like... It's, it says naturally essenced, and that is very, that's very accurate. It just okay. tastes like a hint of something. And what okay. I love about it is that I want to drink more water. And right. yes. um, I actually really like the taste of plain, like lukewarm tap water. I don't like cold okay. water, which is weird. But anyway, I but you get sick of it. And I really like, I'm a beverage person. I am a mm-hmm. sipper. So if it was, you know, if, if it wasn't for like good tasting, just water, I would drink tea Mm-hmm. all day. And then at some point I probably switch to wine because I right. just love the yeah. way it tastes. Right. And I, I can't just drink sugar, you know, sweet tea and, Caffeine and wine and all day. No, that's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's a what? recipe that's for disaster. Rec- that's, that's not recommended. No, it's not. I know. <laughs> huh. so, but the great thing about LaCroix is it has a flavor. It tastes like an adult beverage without mm-hmm. booze in it, but it tastes like something. That's the only way I can put it. And right. there's like, I don't know, they're coming out with all these new flavors now. Um, Shana from the style hour, I got to meet up with her uh, a month or so ago and her family was vacationing in Michigan in Michigan and she introduced me to coconut oh which sounded weird to me yeah. but um actually tasted like a little bit like a pina colada sort of but just water okay and, so do you drink it out of the can or oh, yeah. do you like have a nice no lap? I drink it out of the okay. can I like right. I like drinking things out of the can okay I prefer soft drinks out of the can okay I know isn't that weird um so 
Uh, there's they have it's a, not weird because i can't I believe i've been talking of weird, <laughs> i have all kinds of weird preferences about oh. beverages and what i drink them out of oh okay it ha- doesn't happen to be out of a can but i i totally it's not weird it's okay, just good. Thank you. your preference thank you for validating <laughs> yeah. so i will just quickly run down the flavors that i love because okay. i know people who are just kind of just discovering LaCroix sometimes get a little stuck on like lime or grapefruit, which are great, which are great flavors, but I want you to branch out and try the apricot. Oh, wow. Super delicious. And go to Target or another place where they have the skinny, they have like tall skinny cans. Not every place has these, but Target has them in a couple other, like, um, I've noticed them at like higher end, I guess, grocery Uh stores. And there's a blackberry cucumber and a cherry lime and they taste I don't know how it's possible that they taste sweet when there's nothing sweet. Right. But they do. Right. They really taste sweet and it's delicious. And I actually Instagrammed a picture the other day of all of the LaCroix cans that were piled up next to my bed because I was working in bed that day, and, nice. uh, which I do sometimes. And uh, there was this like huge stack of LaCroix cans nice. just all piled up, which was nice. hilarious. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I just talked for five minutes about water. That's okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it because I know there's other huge fans out there who are like, yes. And then others who are LaCroix curious. And and, and still uh, others who are like, really? I'm fast forwarding. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. So mine is completely from a different like land world altogether. Um, and that is, so this week with my youngest, Violet, who's two and a half, we started music together class, which I have to say, I'm not a mommy and me class person. And I never really have been. I'm like highly suspicious and critical of organized activity. (laughs) I think we discussed this in our episode where we said we hate fun. Um, Yes. But my spiel about music together, I I learned about it right when I was, I think, first um, a mom because I had a family member who was a music together teacher and it's a national program. So teachers are trained nationally. So it's all very standardized across the country. So my aunt happened to live in Oregon, but it doesn't matter. They're all the same. And, um, so I guess what I like about music together, there's a few things is, um, it's for, if you like music, like you and I do Megan and like to sing it, it's not corny kids songs. Um, it feels more kind of like the songs you'd sing like around the campfire or something like more, um, you know, Americana, right. folk, like traditional and some in other languages. So some like about half the songs are kind of familiar. It's like, I've been working on the railroad. Right. Or, I was actually or, just going to throw that yeah, out there. <laughs> Or some old lullabies. I love the lullabies. So that's one thing I love is it doesn't feel like corny mm. pop baby and kids music. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. from, you know what I mean? Yes. Totally. And the other thing I love is that the foundation of the program is really based in music theory and how kids learn music, but it's not taught in a way that's pedantic. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not teaching music theory to toddlers, but the teachers are so well-trained in how music benefits learning and the brain and movement and behavior. So it has this really kind of academic foundation, but it doesn't come out that way when you're learning. You just know that the teachers, it's not like, I don't know. I don't want to knock other um, mommy and me music programs. Cause I think any way that your kids can run around and sing are great. But as a parent, if you have to participate or if you're choosing to do something like this, right. this one just feels really, um, like grounded in some very cool principles and not annoying to participate in. Um, so that is my love affair with music together. And I've been doing it and I don't do it all, every session by any means. I usually do it with one kid once a year, maybe. So we 
skip a lot. Um, but I, and we, since we did move, I've ha- I've been at music together places in, um, both Arizona and California. And it is really nice that they're, they're the teachers are all trained nationally at the same pr- place in the same program. So the quality is really good. And yeah, it's probably the last time I'll do it, honestly. Um, and like I said, I don't love, I, I, I've never done a, a lot or very many at all of mommy and me programs, but this is just one that's close to my heart. And since it is all over the country, if you're interested and in those of you who are newer moms, you can look it up. It's just musictogether.com and you can find a um, place near you. The teachers are trained and then they open their own, you know, center or they teach at community centers or whatever. Sounds, so Sounds cool. That's sounds my, something I would have liked. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's a really good one. And I, yeah, like we talked about in our I Hate Fun episode, singing is one thing that I don't mind doing Mm -hmm. that I, you know, that I, so I'll always, you can always get me to sing with children. (laughs) Well, I want it noted that you managed to sum up an entire national program of um, music (laughs) for children in three and a half minutes. And I talked about water for five minutes. So Sarah wins. I win. Ding, ding. This round of our highly irregular segment. Um, Yeah. So as always, you guys give us feedback. If you like these little segments, Um, we kind of go long time in between and then we think we should share something fun. So I think we usually hear that people like hearing what we're enjoying in our lives lately. So we'll of course link to both of those things, including the water at the momhour.com episode 20. So Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. 
Listeners head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. All right. Should we transition? I'm going to let you lead us in. Okay. I'm going to launch us off and just say that this time of year, we hear a lot about routines for our kids, because obviously if they are school age, they're going back to school. Um, Anybody who has younger than school age toddlers, and you already know that routines can be very useful. Um, But that's not what we're talking about today. For the most part, we're going to be talking about routines for us as moms and how they can help us how they can sometimes get us in a rut when we need to break from routine. And um, and I think we'll share a lot of our personal routines because I think it's fun to kind of get a peek into how somebody else, you know, runs their mom life and yep. what are the rhythms. I like the word rhythm and ritual also in this mix because I think that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about creating positive routines. It's not just like brush your teeth every night routine. Um, And I also want to say kind of a little uh, disclaimer at the top that you and I are both home during the day a lot. We're either working from home or home with kids. But most of what we're talking about really applies whether you're outside the home or at home, because really it's about sort of creating rhythms that support the family and that get you what you need as a mom. And so I think some of our personal stories are more from an at-home perspective, but really the, the, the conversation is for everybody. Yeah. So I do you, I'm going to just start with this. Do you, are you a routine person, Megan? I do am you, when I am functioning in, at my most healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very basic routine that I allow myself to kind of go off the rails a little bit every now and then, and then re and reset. Mm-hmm. So does um, it feel good this time of year to be reset? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you know, it's funny. I was just talking with somebody about this the other day. Like I feel like some people do really well, just kind of slow and steady, like, they get in their routine and they just stick to it. And I, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm a little bit of a rebel. I have that rebellious tendency. And at some point I have to ditch it and completely fall apart and then like pull myself up by the bootstraps and right. get back on it. And that, that's kind of, that's part of my routine. I've noticed that's right. my big picture routine, you know, is like the, uh, the ebb and flow that goes right. on over a year. Absolutely. Um, so, but right now we're definitely getting back into like the bedtimes and the, you know, and not for the kids, but for me. Um, and honestly, you know, I really feel like for me, my routine begins the night before because mm, okay. that really sets it up. Right. Um, mm. there, and we can get into all kinds of philosophical talk about early, you know, night yeah. people versus morning people and getting up early and going to bed early and all that stuff. I will say that I have kind of come to embrace the idea that if, I didn't have to have any kind of a routine. Like if I just could do whatever I wanted right. and didn't have children and didn't right. have to get up in the morning for any reason, probably going to bed around one and getting up around nine would be probably about my bet, like my right sweet spot. Right. But right. that's not life. And I can't do that. Right. Um, so I can't stay up until one and expect to get up the next day at seven. That's just not really going to work for me because I need more sleep than that. Um, I'm very dependent on a good night's sleep. And for me, right. good is about eight hours. Right. So what I'm kind of settling into is going to sleep around 10 and okay. getting up around 7.30. Okay. Which actually is a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. But I don't fall asleep at 10. You know what I mean? I'm in bed right. and I might lay there and read a little bit or watch a show with John or something like that and fall asleep more like one. I'm sorry, more like 11. Ah! I was like, whoa. Whoa, no. <laughs> and then three hours go by and next thing <laughs> you know. Um, no, that does happen sometimes when we're watching really interesting programming. But that just kind of sets me up. Like, I feel like if I stay up, if I stay, like, 
vertical any mm-hmm. later than 10, I'll just start eating and drinking. Like that's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's really hard not to just sit there and sip and, you know, drink, mm-hmm. and, no drink, I mean eat mm-hmm. and snack. You get hungry again. Sarah's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I've no, been no. up past I'm 10. I'm actually and... picturing, yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about with the late <laughs> night, but I was picturing my right. ice cream, my nightly yeah. ice cream ritual when you, <laughs> when you were if, talking about eating and I was thinking about ice cream. So <laughs> if I can just go to bed before that even hits, I'm, right. I'm good. Um, and I've also kind of come to terms with the fact that I'm not, or come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be like a super early riser and that's okay. You know, I feel like there's these, there's almost this value judgment, um, we're kind of beat over the head with where if you just get up earlier, all of your problems are solved and you know, the virtuous people get the Ben Franklin thing. I mean, virtuous people get up early and all of us lazy slobs who like to sleep past, you know, seven 30 or eight, um, you know, we'll never be successful. We'll never get stuff done. And I've just kind of decided as long as I'm up and functioning early enough that I can get my kids where they need to be on time and then still have a stretch of day ahead of me, right. that's enough, then I'm right. good. Right. So gosh, I just spent a lot of time just talking about nighttime and getting up in the morning. But no, I, like that's I think, such an well, that's, part. Like the, that's the like fundamentals, right? And mm-hmm. we're definitely going to talk about it. But I right. think that's, I think what you said too is so much about the rhythm of your energy and the rhythm of the day. And that's so funny that you say it starts the night before. Cause I, that like, again, with my, the way my energy patterns work, that would never be the, the way I think about it. Because for me, like I start at the top, it starts in the morning. And one of the things I was going to, we were going to, we're going to talk about like common advice that doesn't work for us. And this is kind of what we're talking about, but for you, like getting up early or becoming a morning person just isn't the best plan probably for me I do not do things the night before so all the common routine advice about packing lunches the night before getting the backpacks ready I don't do it and I don't feel bad about it really because I um I am not I can't do anything at night like in the same way that people can't do anything in the morning like you know they Mm -hmm. say like I can't function until 10 o'clock I I can't function after I can stay awake and watch tv but I'm I'm not once even really after like eight or eight thirty, there's just not anything productive happening. No right. work. Yeah, no, I get no. that. <laughs> so and I'm and I'm definitely more of a night person, but I'm i I've become the same way in my thirties. Like there comes a point where it's you know, I'm I'm a I'm alive. Right. I probably have some kind of cognitive function going on. But that's not the time of night I want to be making lunches and stuff. I don't right. want to do that at night, especially after like the kitchen's been closed down. Right. It's done. You know, I I've like kinda I've just pulled the curtain on that. Right. And now it's time to move on to the evening portion right. of the proceedings. So right. I get that totally. So so tell me about your morning. So now let's go from night to morning. Sure. So just for fun, talk us through the morning routine in your house. Mostly yours, but obviously yeah. other people are involved in that. So yeah. what does it look like for you? Well, right. Things are in flux, right? Because right now, now I've got a middle schooler again, and I didn't for a, a while. So um, I've got two in high school, one in middle school, and two in elementary school. And... William is the um, middle, one middle schooler and he's the only one who takes the bus and he has to get the bus at 645. Oh my gosh. I know. Um, luckily, he's he's the kid we talked about in our yeah. last episode. Mm-hmm. He's the one who puts himself to bed like no problem, goes to sleep on time, gets himself up in the morning. And it's so funny, like the last few days, he's been gone before I even wake up. He doesn't wake me up. And I don't wake up before 630 unless something wakes me up. Right. And so I just let him know, you know, Will, if you need anything in the morning, come in or come in and say, you know, come and let me know you're going and say goodbye. Right. And I think he kind of comes in and shuffles in and mumbles something and goes. So I'm aware that he's gone. Right. But the last few days, I have not been like fully up yet when he goes, which is a little disorienting. But it is, 
you know, he's almost 12 he's, and this yeah. is part of him yeah. becoming more independent and he's doing an awesome job at it. So that's great. The next group is Jacob and Isaac and they go to school. They have to be there at like 740. Um, okay. So I'm usually waking up like around 710 or so. Okay. And I'm kind of, you know, and it's funny because like, I've also never been one of those morning people who can't function in the morning. Like once I'm standing, mm-hmm. I'm cheerful, you know, I mean, I yeah. can talk to you and like do put something in your backpack or whatever. It's just for me making, getting myself awake and out of bed is the hard part. Um, so anyway, so I'll be kind of up just puttering around while they're doing that. I'll make my tea and I'll start getting things ready for the littler group. So Mm -hmm. Jacob and Isaac go off at like seven 40. Sometimes they get a ride from friends. Sometimes they walk. Sometimes, well, one of us will drive them if the weather's bad. Um, and then we start the two little ones who have to be to school. It's eight 25 and technically they could walk. It's about a, about a three quarter mile walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't let them yet just because Clara still, I don't know how well Owen would do if Clara decided to just have a mind of her own and stop at a right. friend's house to talk or right. something. I don't think right. he would keep the process right. going yet. Uh, like William would have, you right. know, so right. I haven't done that. I don't know if that'll last all year or if I'll just keep, you know, taking them for now. But so, so my whole routine of before getting them off is just basically talking to them, you know, puttering, mm-hmm. Maybe taking a look at stuff I didn't get around to the night before. Do you um, eat your breakfast in this time? I like, usually wait. do, but if I'm rushed for any reason, I might wait. But I always make a cup of tea, and Clara has tea in the morning. Well, hers is mostly hers is. We've done that together since she That's was so two. cute. I know. Um, she always has tea and toast, and it's funny because my tea. It's usually like I'll make my cup of tea, and then when the tea bag is like used up, I put it in some water Aww. for her, and then it's mostly milk. And I love it. Yeah, I know it's cute, um, and then. So I'll be kind of drinking my tea and maybe eating a piece of toast or whatever if I'm not going to have a bigger breakfast. And then the kids go off to school, and that's kind of when my day starts. And I really have just been jumping right into work. And that's something mm-hmm. where I know, you know, another another thing that I run into is the whole working out thing is people are always saying you should go first thing in the morning. But every other mom in town goes first thing in the morning. Yes. So I don't want to be there then. I don't like being at the gym when it's crowded. Mm-hmm. That makes me not want to go. Um, also, I don't like to go on a full stomach, and I – and I really can't work out on a, on a completely empty, right. like from the night before stomach. So I've been, I've been just working all morning on the days where you and I talk, you know, we talk around noon on a Friday. Um, so that day's a little bit different, but otherwise mm-hmm. this would be the time I'd be starting to get ready to go to the gym and I'll go to the gym like around one and then be home. You know, I'll take my shower mm-hmm. there and then kids start and get, start getting picked up around, you know, three thirty or four. So the day just isn't as long as it seems like it should be, right? right? And right. it would be longer if I got up super early. I get that. But again, what I found yeah. for me is if I get up really early, I just want to take a nap. Mm-hmm. So then I end up losing time anyway. You know, right. either way, I feel like I've figured out how much sleep I need. And right. I'm going to need that whether I get it all at night or I get some of it at night and I get some in the day. And I'd rather right. not nap if I don't have to. Right. So. And I, I, d- I only covered like part of the day. <laughs> no, I think, I think, um, I mean, I think morning routines are fascinating. Yeah. And I think, um, there's like, you know, there's like books written about your yeah. morning routine, but I think, um, listening to somebody else's and figuring out what works for your own. So I'll just share a little bit of mine. So our, right. I feel like for the first time I'm kind of in charge of my morning routine for the first time in like seven years. And that is because I've always had early risers. I feel like I talk about sleep all the time on this show, but I have bad sleepers and early risers for the last seven and a half years. So even though ironically, I am a morning person, my natural, like you said, one to nine, what did you say? One to nine would be your normal sleep hours. Mine would probably be uh, like 
10 to 5.30, 10 to 6, okay. which is still, that's eight hours, you know, yeah. so that's a good amount of sleep. The, the nice thing is that fits in well, like, unlike you were saying, you know, that's not real life. My, my sleep patterns do fit in with real life, but I've always thought if I had kids that slept till 7.30, I could have like solved world peace by now right. because I, it's easy for me to get up at six or even 5.30. Problem was my kids didn't sleep through the night for a thousand years. And even when they did, they were up at five. And oh. so this has been, you know, many years. And we've always, we've always tried with our kids to say that six o'clock is the earliest that we'll ever talk to you in the morning. In other words, yeah. you can be it when we've gotten those little clocks that change color at a certain time and it's actually worked well. So even our early risers do stay in their rooms till six once they're like able to kind of understand that. But I've had somebody getting up at 5 a.m. for most of my motherhood life. So there's been no like the common advice of getting up before your kids. I've always thought, well, that sounds really nice and something that I would actually like to do. <laughs> Except. <laughs> but not when my kids get up at five, because I'm not right. getting up at four. I mean, people, let's draw the line somewhere. Right. Um, so fast forward, um, Violet sleeps till six, or at least if she's not awake, she has a little nightlight that turns into a sun that once I wrote a whole post about years ago that I, I can link to. But um, when the sun turns on at six o'clock, so she is in there till six, even if she is awake. And I know for some people who have later sleeping kids, that sounds so early. But honestly, for us, it's progress. And so Brian and I for the last, I don't know, six or nine months um, have been getting up at five. He works out, he goes to the gym at five and he, his alarm goes off and then um, he gets his gym clothes on. And that's just five minutes for me to like realize it's time. And I, the coffee is programmed the night before, so it's ready. So I come down at five, 10 after five and I've been having a cup of coffee and reading a book until six yes. o'clock, which again, is something that I've like, heard is possible. You heard is possible. <laughs> and you didn't now, believe it, but then I, it came now true. is actually, um, you know, how some people have like, have like home envy over other people's like, you know, Instagram or Pinterest yeah. dreams, like beautiful houses. I always had like the envy when people would post that picture of like their cup of coffee and their book early in the morning. Like yeah. I want to be doing that. Um, so I am now, so that's, um, that is our morning routine now, but it's only been the last few months and it's because finally people sleep and every Everybody stays in their room and, and my kids naturally wake up between six and six thirty, all three of them. It seems like somebody always sleeps until seven, but never all of them, of course, mm -hmm. because that would be way too easy. Um, Allegra gets up, uh, she's the earliest she and Brian, Brian takes her to school and they leave about seven twenty-five. So if she's not up at seven, I need to get her up anyway. But most of the time they're all three naturally waking up between six and six 30. Um, oh, but that's that, so funny. My that, kids have never been early risers. I know. Which but works for me and yours yeah, work for you. Exactly. And so much of that is I, I probably made them that way with yeah. the early bedtimes and my, you know, so it's all, we've all done, I've done it to myself, but, mm. um, so yeah, it's kind of nice. And I guess that's just a long way of saying that, um, that positive shift in my routine took a long time to get to, but I do feel like, again, it's sort of a cliche, like that you'll always read, get up an hour before your kids and have your own time. And mm -hmm. I know for me with the, with the coffee and the caffeine, um, I, I don't drink a lot of coffee throughout the day, but I am very, I'm very dependent on that first cup. And it is, it used to be that I was having my coffee while people were already all climbing on me and to have it now an hour before and be fully caffeinated by the time they come downstairs is like, it's, I'm like a different person. I tell yeah. you. Oh, that's funny. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's nice. And I think, I guess if there's any advice in there, it is that if you're not there yet, that day will come. Mm. And if you are a natural morning person, man, it's, it works, you know, to have that hour. I've, I've been reading more than I have in years, 
Um, and that's because I'm not going to do it at night. I'm not going to read at night or, you know, have yeah. my time. So that is when I've been grabbing it. So it's been good. You know, I will say like for me, um, now that my kids are older and in school, the idea of having that time for myself in the morning is like not really very important anymore. Right. Right. Um, because I know I'm going to get it. You know, if I get it, even if I only, even if I know the whole first hour after I wake up is basically going to be dealing with kids and talking right. to kids and like loading up their backpacks and stuff. I know at some point there's going to be that <sighs> moment yeah. where they're all out of the house, but it was more like in the summer I had to, you know, I had to kind of be careful to make sure to get that in. It was very yeah. easy in the summer because my was, kids would sleep yeah. in all day in the summer yeah. if I let them. So it was really easy for me to get up before them in the summer. Right. And it was really important to me when I had little kids at home. Right. Um, I made a bigger, much bigger effort to make that time before I jumped into my work day. But now I'm just kind of, by the time they're out, I'm just excited to get to it. Right. And see what's going on and, you know, right. see what we, so I've usually got music going. Um, John and I kind of battle out who's going to get to, you know, depends who gets up first, who gets <laughs> the Bose speaker and has their music playing and. John likes to play like upbeat stuff and I play my seventies light <laughs> rock or whatever. My, my playlist called breakfast making jams, which I've talked about. And I, someone yeah. asked me if I could share that and I have not figured out yet how to share a playlist because it's collaborative and I don't want the whole world being able to, you know, collaborate right. on it. Right. So to figure out a way to like clone it so that I can make it because it's a great, it's, if I do say so. It's I bet we can, I bet you can do that. In yeah. There's Spotify. gotta be a way. I'll, yeah. I'll look into that. Cause I know a listener was wanting, was wanting that list. It's like five hours long now. So I um, love it. Well, yeah, I was going to say something about music, but I yeah, didn't want to cut you off. Go ahead. But, um, so one of the things that I think I wanted to make sure we address is that routines don't have to be daily. And I, my, like the way my mind works, I think in weeks, I don't know why. I mean, obviously like there's a rhythm to the week, but I'm especially kind of anchored in the rhythm of a week. And we have a pretty traditional, you know, my husband is out of the house working the work week and we have our weekends as a family. So I am much more, if you ask me if I'm kind of attached to my routine, it's much more in the scope of a week than a day. Like I'm fine mm -hmm. with days being different, but I do really like the rhythm of a week. And I was going to bring up my show tunes Friday tradition because you and I, have, we've talked about Broadway music yes. and you did an episode of the home hour that was fantastic. Um, about, but I listen to my favorite music on Fridays, every Friday, I listen to Broadway music and that like looking forward to something on the Friday. I love Mondays and I love Fridays. Those are probably my two favorite days in, which is kind of weird. I, know, um, I love Mondays and Fridays too. Like one's yeah. the beginning and one's the rest, yeah. you know, the, the, the end and everything else yeah. is kind of whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, whatever, I there's a point to that, except that music reminded me and music is a great anchor for um, routine. So if you have your like Saturday morning jams or your breakfast making jams, or I have my Friday show tunes, or we have like, we have a playlist that comes on automatically actually in the evening upstairs. So by the yeah. time the kids get upstairs, there's really mellow music playing and I don't even put it on. It comes on automatically. Um, so I think music is a great way to anchor your routine. So if you have, you know, if you need more energy at a certain time of day, like put on that playlist, I guess. No, I think it's important that we acknowledge that, um, a lot of people listening to this right now, it's great for us to have our own routines, but, but we still, unless you're me and all your kids are in school all day, you still have to like make your routine work around your kids. Yes. So how, I mean, maybe we need to take a step back as well. I mm -hmm. mean, I know you're still there with Violet being home, but mm -hmm. she's probably a little easier to work around than she was a year or yes. two ago. So how does it look in your house with, with that? And then while you're talking about, you know, how you work around Violet and how you guys' routines work together, I'll try to go back in time in my mind. Yes. And remember what it was like when I had a whole bunch of kids underfoot. Cause we had, well, you know, you know, everybody's, 
everything changes and everything's in flux all the time. Yes. No, I think so. that's one of the biggest, if there's something that's unsettling in new motherhood, I think that's one of the biggest yeah. one being in control of your time and in control of your routines. And then just having that ripped away from you. And I guess for me, the first like six to nine months are just completely lacking Whatever. in yeah. rhythm and routine. And that gets really hard. It's kind of okay in the beginning. Cause you're so it's like you don't expect it. But I, there was always a point for me, and actually we talked about this in our new mom episode last week, um, where I was just itching for a little bit more structure. And that's when kind of nap schedules came into play and other things. So For me, it was the gym. That was when I really started to kind of yeah. rely on that daily. Um, first of all, because you get a little break right? If, you got, if they have a gym daycare. But also because it's just something to peg Yes. Day two. And everything else. And that's what it is. I think that's a really good way to think of it. If you, it, it's scary when you're in, in, in new motherhood to look at that day, either literally on a calendar or figuratively, and have nothing in it. And I'm actually, I like, a, I like less schedule and I'm a homebody, but still, even for me, like there's got to be something there. And that's the, the pinpoint or the anchor mm-hmm. that other things can work around. Then you can plan your naps and you can plan your, um, I guess for me, because my older two have been in school for a little while now, that again, that's something, that's a, another enough of a structure that other things fit around. But man, it is hard in those first couple of years when you have to create the structure. And yeah. if your natural rhythms don't match up with babies, man, that's hard. Yeah. I don't know that I have an answer to that, except that I think you're really right, that finding one thing, whether it's something you do outside the house or, or just getting on a nap schedule, if that's what helps feel like you know what's going to happen, um, just to artificially create that routine um, and don't get too married to it because, oh my gosh, those first like two years, it's like by the time you think you've landed on something, right. the baby changes, right? Or you yeah. get pregnant and have another baby. Yeah, exactly. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. 
The Bionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Bionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Well, you know, I'm, looking, I'm thinking back to when, and I agree with you, like first six to nine months, all bets are off. For me, it might have even been more like a year where it was yeah. like I would start maybe around six months trying to get that gym going back because mm-hmm. I just I did find that that helped me a lot. Just getting out, um, getting to where I didn't have to be the one physically holding or following around right. the baby or whatever right. it was and, and just being able to take some time to like take care of myself. And it didn't go every day, but I would usually go like three days a week um, and go, you know, like that first when you get to take a shower all by yourself yeah. in gym daycare or the gym <laughs> um, locker room and you're yeah. like, wait. You kind of feel guilty about it. Like, yeah. wait, where's my kid? Yeah. yeah. Um, being well cared for, yeah. you know, 500 feet away. Right. So, um, so that was a, that was a big one for me, but really I think that around a year was when I remember really getting into like things that would help me kind of make sense of my day. For example, around 10, 10 30, I would go and clean up the kitchen from breakfast. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it right away. Cause for me, that was always kind of a bummer. Like I don't do and, it right away. Either. Get up in the morning and everyone <laughs> eats breakfast and then some kids run off to school and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to do the dishes right then. So I would wait until like a little lull and that would be time that I would spend usually with the toddler in the mm-hmm. room. It would mm-hmm. be like our time together. Then maybe after that, there'd be something we would do sort of together. And then we would have like our separate time where whether mm-hmm. if they were really little, they would play or like you know, I just tossed toys or snacks or whatever at them while I tried to check email or whatever. Um, and when they got a little older, that was video time or that right. was whatever, you know, independent playtime. Clara is so good at, she, she kind of has spoiled my memory for this kind of thing mm-hmm. because she was fantastic at just like amusing herself. She's got a little craft area and that she calls it. And it's where all of her little junk is. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like scraps of paper and crayons and scissors and little, my little pet shop people and stuff. But even when she was really little, she would kind of have her little spot where she would go and just do crap. All yeah. I don't even know what she yeah. was doing. The boys did not do that. Yeah. It was not that didn't happen with them. So it had to be a lot more intentional on my part. I'd have to set them up with something. Right. And um, you have to and and you have to just push through it. I think that's right. one of the most common questions we get from moms of toddlers is like, when are they going to be able to play by themselves? And it's never as soon as you want, right. but it does happen. Don't it you does think? happen. I, oh, and yeah. Some kids are just better at it than others. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like for me between two and a half and three is a big shift. It's not that they can't do it before that or that they're perfect after, but that seems to be a turning point for my kids. Reed was earlier. He's was really independent. He was so easy in that way. Um, but the girls, I would say two and a half and three mm-hmm. is like a growth spurt in that area. Yeah. Yeah. I agree where they can kind of like, they start to kind of concoct little narratives in their yeah. heads and then they, yeah. And you can pop really in cute. and out, but right. don't have to yep. direct the cruise ship. Exactly. I will say it was one thing that was good for me is having the two boys in groups mm-hmm. because then the younger got kind of got into yeah. the mix a lot mm-hmm. sooner, you know? Mm-hmm. So like at one, um, Owen and Isaac, who were the younger of the set, 
would be playing much more independently right. than their older siblings had at that same age because right. well, they weren't independent. They were together. They were with right. everybody. Right. So that worked out really well. Um, for slightly older kids, man, at that age, when I was, when I had um, like two, three year olds, I was the queen of please bring your kid to my house. So I had a friend who we did for years, we did a regular swap where she would mm-hmm. take mine a day or two a week and I would take hers. And I loved it. I loved the day she had my kids and I loved the days I had her kids because mm-hmm. it made everything that much easier just to mm-hmm. give your little ones someone to tumble around with. Right. Like, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. No, I think that's a great idea. Um, the other thing in that same uh, topic that I wanted to say is w- about doing when you said you don't do the dishes right away, because I don't either in the morning. But sometimes um, the more menial or mindless tasks are better for when your energy is lower. Right. So yeah. I tend to have a lot more like creative, intellectual energy in the morning. And I'm more likely to ignore the, all of that stuff, even until like after lunch. And then I have Violet's naps, which I'm definitely working, not naps, one nap, um, definitely working during that time. So I may not do breakfast dishes till like two thirty, three o'clock. So you can all gasp out there. But then I, then I'm using more physical energy. The kids are coming home from school. We're talking and I'm like back in charge in a more uh, like tangible, right. physical way of my house. Um, and that works with my energy patterns because I've got more brain power for things, you know, like work or emails or whatever it is, home management at a more like cerebral level in the morning. And then just put me to work in the afternoon and I'll do the dishes and I'll, you know, pick up the house and all of that. So I think yeah. we're finding where, um, where kind of the energy levels can match with a routine that works. And I think sometimes, especially if you have a job where you're sedentary, like I'm, you know, I write, so I'm sitting a lot. Um, sometimes when you start to have a super big slump, getting up mm-hmm. and doing something meaningful yes. can actually give you some of that energy back. And right. that's one way I kind of test it out. Like, do I need a nap or do I just need to get up and go load the dishwasher or right. put a load of laundry in? And right. then I'll do that. And when I get back, if I still really want the nap, I've gotten really good at power naps. Mm-hmm. So I can lay down on my bed, kind of conk over on my pillow it has to feel like a nap and not like going to bed at night I'm so specific in the way I'll do it so and then if I you know kind of come to and I've been drooling I know it was successful and sometimes it's like 20 minutes I have a question why do you only drool in naps I don't know is this true okay listeners this is a a question of eternal (laughs) significance I'm borrowing that phrase from Kristen Howerton who occasionally does those on her blog yeah the questions are neither eternal nor nor significant significant. um but why why people I I I kind of wonder if maybe we drool every time we sleep but we don't notice it except for when we nap because when you do it in a regular night's sleep, you probably roll over in it and you know what I mean? Oh, like That's like that's like such a common sense. Why have I never thought of that? Well, I, I just really, thought of it just now. It's really like pun intended kept me up at night. I really wondered <laughs> that a lot. <laughs> I will get a major drool on if I have a super successful power nap and I will wake up like in it. It's disgusting. But hey, it's a symptom that it went really well. So I feel great after that happens. And um, you know, for me, napping well was something it took work to learn how to nap well. And I I powered, you know, I'm going to say I powered through it. I really stuck to the plan. <laughs> I was committed. I man. was committed and I finally learned how to nap well. It used to be like taking a nap would be this long process. Like I'd have to like lower the blinds, get under the covers, you know, put pajamas on, yeah, get all cuddly. And then I'd fall asleep and sleep for like two hours. And when I woke up, I'd feel like crap. Yeah. So I've gotten really good at just conking out. Now, part of that might be just because I'm getting older and I maybe yeah. just need it more. I don't know. 
But well, and I think there's a major psychological part of naps, which is if there are children in the house who might possibly need you. I mean, right. that's like why it's a load of, you know, what to sleep when the baby sleeps right. for a lot of people, because it is it's like if if you know that someone might need you in even in 30 minutes, it's just really hard. I'm, I'm I fall asleep really easily at night, but it could take me forever to fall asleep, even if I knew I needed one mm-hmm. to nap because I I, I knew somebody was going to need me soon. So right. I would and you know, like, you never know when that moment might happen. Four hours to take a 45 minute nap just because I need to know that it wasn't going to get interrupted. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, you're totally right. And sometimes I'll get a nap attack now, even like in the evening. And you know, I'll, this happens to me a lot. Like a a nap, I call it nap (laughs) attack and I'll, I do spend spend about half of my time working, sitting up at my desk and I spend about half of my time working in bed and it's so weird. But the reason for it is I feel like if I'm doing really creative work, like really creative writing, I can only do it if my feet are up. Mm. And if I'm semi-reclined, I don't know why it's like this mental thing for me when I was doing the most, like the bulk of my, I think it's because when I was doing the bulk of my most personal kind of writing back when, Mm -hmm. um, I was blogging more heavily and stuff and I had little kids, I just happened to be hanging around the bed a lot. I didn't have a desk. I didn't have a um, office space in the house we were living in then. So it was either that or the dining room table. And I just preferred bed. Um, and sometimes that would mean I'd have a baby or a toddler, you know, napping next to me or whatever. Um, and so anyway, I just got used to it. And now it's really hard for me to be like sitting erect at my desk writing something more creative. I so I'll that. find myself getting into my bed. Well, the problem is after a little while, it's also <laughs> very easy to get sleepy when you're sitting in bed with your legs up. So every now and then I'll literally start to kind of keel over and I'll tell Clara, I'm like, oh, nap attack. And she's like, <laughs> and she'll just kind of pat me on the leg and go, okay, good night, mom. And she'll go oh. out of my room and shut my door. That <laughs> is the, the greatest. Cutest. And then, but that's, that's what happens when you have big kids. Yeah. My kid is actively putting me to sleep. I love it. I mean, just imagine that when you have a baby. I know. I know. Oh (laughs) my gosh. All the people with babies right now are at home like, grumble, grumble. I hate you. I know. Just take, take heart. Sleep lady. It will be you soon. I promise. Yes. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm going to sort of, I think I'm going to summarize because we, I'm going to pull us on track. Yeah. Um, And then. Yeah, I'm going to summarize first because I think we've actually had we've been all over the map, including nap drool and nap attack. Um, But I think a few things that might be helpful is uh, to think in weeks or that helps me think in maybe not a week, but think in a bigger picture about what kind of routine works for you, because it may not need to be the same thing every day. But if you know that you that your energy patterns are great in the morning, you can look at your week and put things in. And this is true whether you're outside the home or at home, put things in that require that energy in the morning. So paying attention to your natural energy, energy patterns, thinking of routines and rhythms, maybe at the week or even month, or like you said, seasonal level, like you get big bursts of energy and then you, you know, fall off the, can I, can I, can I Hmm? just expand on that really quick? Um, yeah. Like we talked about with the sports parent episode was like Mm -hmm. 17 or 18, 18, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, where I was saying like, I've kind of relegate, like I've just kind of resigned myself to the idea that from now on until, you know, my last sporty kid has left the house, looks like September through November are going to mm-hmm. be a little chaotic, very busy, mm-hmm. um, a time when we're, my evenings are not my own the way I like them to be. Right. And then it's going to be holidays and that's going to be, you know, kind of high, high intensity nesting slash nurturing mm-hmm. slash celebrating. And then we're going to go into slothy winter mode. And that's when I'm going to get to be a homebody again. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that, but I'm trying not to wish away what we have now. Cause it's right. pretty fun. You know, it's right. like, it's just fun in a different way. Right. Um, and as that changes, my routine's going to change, you know, maybe right, right now, like uh, there's like a, a class I really want to take at the Y and it's in an evening, which is kind of 
it's hard to take an evening class to justify taking an mm-hmm. evening fitness class when your days are your own anyway. Right. But it's really hard to do it when your kids are really busy in the evening. So that right. might have to wait till slothy winter times. Right. Right. Or maybe that's a summer thing. I mean, it's just, right. there's different times of the year and I don't have to keep the same thing all year round or even more than, you know, two or three months. Like I can right. kind of go and fit some starts. And that works with my, not only my energy patterns, but it works with the way my brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you said, you know, I have these bursts of energy and like ideas and then I kind of want to just fall off the face of the earth for a while. Right. (laughs) No, I think that's, I think we tend to think of routines as daily, but I think paying attention to the more kind of seasonal and other kinds of ebbs and flows can really help. Um, let's see what, what other nuggets did we have? Uh, be patient if you're a new mom and someday you too will have naps and, or get up earlier than your early rising children. Um, and I think the, the common routine advice that we hear a lot, if it doesn't work for you, don't sweat it. I think, yeah. cause you and I both have things like that. I don't pack lunches at night. I don't, you know, I don't do, I don't do the dishes right away and I don't, I'm not very productive during, uh, naps. Well, I, I guess I, I work during naps, but I know there's some people who feel like the, you know, nap time is their time to, get the house picked up or rest, or I often am, you know, I'm all over the map during nap time. So I guess if those things um, aren't working for you, it's okay. That seems to be a common theme with us. Um, So a couple more things. Oh, I want to actually, I want to address the packing lunches thing. Yes. Um, I also, and I, you know, even though I do have more energy at night than you do, I, I don't like to do that stuff at night because I feel like I'm winding down. I've already cleaned everything up or the kids have cleaned the kitchen and it's done. The kitchen's closed. Did your parents have that rule when you were growing up? I like, th- yeah, I think so. The kitchen yeah. is closed and I'm not really, you know, I'm not legalistic about yes. it. Like if a kid wants to wander in the kitchen, get themselves a snack, right. fine, but I'm not preparing food after a certain right. time yes. of night. I'm, I don't want stuff all over the counters, you know, yeah. it's done. So for me, I started doing lunches either right when the kids get home from school and we're all sitting around talking and like looking over paperwork anyway, or while I'm making dinner. And it just makes so much more sense. Like the kitchen's really already smart. in play, yeah. right? So food is already being prepared. There's always that downtime where you're waiting for something to finish cooking or you're waiting yeah. for the water to boil. That's when, if, if That's you're having really a hard smart. time with early mornings or late nights for packing, do it then. That's really smart. Um, another lunch, this is, yeah, we're again going off topic, but another lunch packing uh, routine that I love that was from Tish of Simple Mama like years ago is if you have school-aged children and a toddler at home, pack the toddler's lunch or snacks at the same time. I, that That's is like a fantastic idea. one of the single most genius. It doesn't have to be a whole lunch. It depends right. on what Violet and I are doing that day. Like today she's with a sitter and I actually did pack her a whole lunch. The sitter takes her to the park and it's a little early for lunchtime. But then when she comes home, if she didn't eat it, she can just have it for lunch. Um, but even if it's not a full lunch, if they're just home with you all day, cutting up apples and putting them in a container or a sandwich, it's so smart. I remember reading that and being like, duh, like, why didn't I think of that? So it's another, <laughs> it's another little <laughs> off top tip. One little, one little tidbit I think that kind of came out of what we were talking about as well um, was when I was talking about sort of when you do have little kids at home and what I always found was helpful. And I think you might've touched on this in a different um, podcast episode too, was sort of like divide your time between stuff for me and stuff for them. Because I feel like when you take a few minutes to pay some attention or mm-hmm. um, in, engage with them, the little ones, mm-hmm. they pay you back by mm-hmm. letting you have a few minutes mm-hmm. to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I always found it easier to stagger, you know, my stuff with their stuff rather than try to like get a whole morning of mom stuff done yes. and then spend the whole afternoon 
with the two-year-old or whatever. Yes, exactly. And I think um, back to that cleaning up the kitchen or prepping dinner, I, I often use that time as a time to connect with the older kids because they, they're not as needy and I can really listen and engage with them and be even eye to eye with them sitting at the counter and be doing emptying the dishwasher. So like for that's that's a place where I can still be doing something for me per se, but it's their time. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Rather than doing that when I'm by myself. So I want to talk about, um, before we go, and I know we've got to wrap up here soon, I I think we've talked a lot about routines, but Mm -hmm. we didn't talk as much about rhythms and rituals. And I I guess, especially, well, we talked a little bit about rhythms, but rituals, I think, are a totally different Mm -hmm. thing, right? And I feel like that's the kind of thing that gives my day structure. Mm -hmm. And I had to laugh when you were talking about your coffee, um, because I drink tea, which I know isn't as caffeinated as coffee, Mm -hmm. but I've always thought part of my, the reason I drink tea in the morning is because I'm getting a caffeine boost. And, you know, I I drink... um, I can't remember if it's Twinings or Bigelow. One of them has like mm-hmm. the English breakfast is a red bag. Mm-hmm. That's de- Twinings, I think. Yeah. The decaf looks exactly oh. <laughs> like it. Mm-hmm. And I drank decaffeinated tea for like two months. And, and didn't realize? Didn't realize it. Thought I was drinking the regular stuff and still had the same boost from it. And I think what that taught me, I learned mm-hmm. something that day. It just taught me that maybe, you know, the chemical fix, while I think is definitely part of it, especially with coffee, which is a lot stronger, mm-hmm. that you cannot underestimate the power of that ritual mm-hmm. and how that sets up your day or your evening. I don't know if you have anything at night that you do. Yeah. Well, I don't down. have my glass of wine until the kids are in bed, not for any kind of self deprivation, except that I just want to enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. And if it was at dinner, I just wouldn't be paying attention. And again, broken record, my kids go to bed pretty early. So I right. look forward to that. Um, and on the weeknights, I usually just have one healthy, one healthy size. Um, and on the weeknights, I don't know if I said weekends, but yes, that's absolutely ritual. And, um, I also usually have something sweet and that's part of, and that's like totally, I, we didn't talk about evening rituals as much or evening routines, but you know, when the kids are down, we watch our shows together right now. We're watching house of cards, no spoilers, please, uh, on Netflix and we both have our, he has a cocktail, I have a glass of wine. And usually at the halfway point, he pauses, gets a refill for himself and gets chocolate for me. So it's very nice. like, it's a very, and I never, it's funny, Brian's been traveling all week. Um, and I didn't have ice cream all week because he always gets it for me. You're like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't even know. I don't even know what I would do. Yeah. Um, and that's funny because when he travels, I have a totally different ritual. I watch Call the Midwife from my bed with my glass of wine in my bed. So When John is gone, I get in bed super early. Mm-hmm. And I don't, often I don't even have a glass of wine because I just get in bed so early and I've just kind of made it a personal. Oh, I bring my glass of wine to the night. I, I, I've done that. I mean, I, I definitely am I not still brush my that. teeth. I get up and brush my yeah. teeth. Myself. I'm not against that at all. It's just um, when I'm in bed for some reason, like I'll forget it's there. Like I'll forget to drink it. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. not the same experience for me. So I just often will just go to bed with a book. Um, but it's so, it, what I, this is teaching me, <laughs> again, another teachable moment, but it just kind of illustrates how much we peg certain things to other things. Mm-hmm. So oh, for definitely. me, getting in bed early equals book. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe like maybe getting online and just screwing around, like reading mm-hmm. some, or reading a magazine or something. Mm-hmm. And for me, when John's home equals glass of wine and TV. Mm-hmm. And so we're watching right now. Um, well, we've got a couple different shows. We're watching old episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is so hilarious and wrong and just silly. I mean, it's like I the episodes are 22 that. minutes yeah. long, so it's no investment right. at all. Um, and Veep. We kind of go oh, on yeah. and on. Oh, yeah. 
So anyway, it's it's just funny how like, yeah, when he's home, I do things this yeah. way. When he's not home, I do things a different way because you get your rituals change as your circumstances change. Yeah. And yeah. I think e- evenings especially are something to look forward to. So if you don't like your evening ritual or it's not if you're, you know, someone who feels really kind of tired and beaten down at the end of the day. I'm thinking about our episode three when we talked about media habits, um, which is one of our people keep coming back to that episode. Um, if you're kind of mindlessly Facebooking and it's not, you know, it's not a fun indulgence mm-hmm. and it's just sort of draining you at the end of the night. I think evenings can be a really good place to add something good back into your routine, whether it's like a really nice glass of wine or a book or a new show that you love. I mean, I really look forward, even though I'm not a night person, I, I'm very attached to those evening rituals. Again, you know, whether he's out of town or in yeah. town, it's different, but I'm I want to make, I want to make one more point about the evening um, for people who are night people. Mm-hmm. And I count myself among that, you know, I can right. definitely, there is a switch in me. And if I am around the right people and sitting upright and have the right environment, I can be up until five in the morning. Like I could just go and go and go. Like I'll hit my second wind and then my third wind and then it just never stops. And what I've noticed, like a troubling pattern that I've seen (laughs) with people, with moms, but you know, just women in general who don't get enough sleep at night, it's often because they feel like because they get that burst of energy, Mm -hmm. they're obligated to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way I trained myself out of being someone who stays up late every night just because I could is to go to bed, you know, yeah. or like wind down. I look at my evenings now. That's not to say I never work at night. Of course I do sometimes. Right. And I'll, I'll often do things like um, make my grocery list or make it. I always make my to-do list the night before because my brain is more in tune with all the things I need to do. Mm-hmm. The next day, if I start in the morning, I'm like, it's like starting over. I can't right. even remember what I was working on. Um, but I do not, like, I don't stay up late cleaning. I don't stay up late working on mentally taxing projects. I right. used to, and I just found that what would happen was I'd never stop. It would never shut off. And there was never that point at which I felt like now is my time to just relax. So now, right. you know, nine o'clock or so, and the kids are in bed, I really make an effort and a point. You know, if I have something I have to take care of, I'll do it. But at some point it's like, now it's time for me to put my pajamas on and lay down. Or now it's time for me to hang out with John and watch TV or whatever the thing is I'm doing that night. It starts early. And when it does, I, I fall asleep early. It doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not like doomed to stay up until two in the morning every night just because I could, I could get a burst of energy at one. I don't have to, I could just go to sleep. (laughs) So if you're finding yourself in that position, you know, Maybe just leave the dishes undone one night and see right. how going to bed early makes you feel in the morning right. earlier than you would have. Right. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Anyway. Oh. Gosh, we were just all over the place with this one, Sarah, but sometimes those are the most fun. I know. I think so. I we think didn't have fun. much of a routine for our routine show, but that's no. okay. What's our podcast recording routine? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's part of our Friday rhythm. I like yes. it. Yes. Yes. It's part of my Friday rhythm. I love it. And I'm really happy because Sarah has kept me on, on track with it. And yes. you know, it's my natural inclination, Sarah, <laughs> to set an appointment and then blow it off. But I didn't because you make me come. You make me I know because I am the boss of all of the schedules. Um, I love it. I, I want to say we've gotten some great feedback and emails about last episode, which was number 19. If for some reason you're stumbling upon us right now, um, that one really resonated with new moms. If you listen to it and you know a new mom, send it their way. Or if you loved it, let us know. So every once in a while, there seems to be one that's resonating and that makes us feel good. Um, and we're glad that it happened helped. Um, all, all the episodes are at themomhour.com. You can always email us at hello at themomhour.com. Um, so thanks everybody for listening and telling us what you think and giving us new ideas. 
Um, anything from your end, Megan? No, I think I just am loving the emails we're getting. It, it really makes our day when we get comments and emails because otherwise this could be a very one-way sort it, of Yeah, um, and I think we've chosen yeah. to make this podcast more conversational yes. and we're not we don't have a checklist of tips we're giving you. We're trying to talk through things in our own lives in the hopes that there's something that helps. So when it when you tell us it helps or when you tell us that you're nodding along or laughing at us, uh, it actually with does. Us, with, with us, laughing with us. <laughs> with us. Um, it actually does help because it's a little, sometimes I think it's a little scary to go in just saying we're going to talk about this and see where it goes. But that's what, that's what we've chosen to do because it's fun for us. And so when you tell us you like it, it helps. <laughs> it does. It does. Well, this is a great episode 20. It seems momentous. I'm really excited that you guys are all here and riding along with us. And we will be back in a week. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.